Please turn your Bibles to John chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. Jesus walks up to this man who has been paralyzed for 38 years, and he asks him a most unlikely question. Do you want to be made whole? On the surface, as you look at that question, it's very strange. It is very strange to ask a man who has been paralyzed, waiting to be healed for so long, sitting there, waiting for the water to be stirred, waiting for the bubbles of that spring water to come up, believing that he could be healed once he touched that water. It is strange to be asked, do you want to be made whole? On the surface, it appears to be a very unusual question. What kind of a question is this? The man has been waiting for so long to be healed. And Jesus says, do you want to be made whole? Yet having have met so many people who are emotionally paralyzed, people who are spiritually infirm, having met so many people who run from counselor to counselor, claiming that they're looking for healing, they're claiming to be looking for wholeness, running from doctor to doctor, without any apparent improvement, without any apparent healing, I have come to understand the deeper meaning of that question that Jesus asked that man who was paralyzed for 38 years. I remember one time an older and a wiser woman many years ago when I was coming to the end of my ropes about somebody who said who wants to be made well again. This older and wiser woman said to me, she said, don't forget this lady enjoys her bad health. That woke me up. Jesus obviously perceived that this man been waiting for so long to be made whole that he lost hope. Jesus knew that this man who is paralyzed in the mind and in the soul as well as in the body. This man's infirmity is in his will as much as it was in his limbs. This man's affliction was in his genuine desire as much as it was in his outward appearance. This man has grown more listless with indifference. And I want to tell you today there are so many people who claim to be want to be made whole and yet they don't. Simply because their will has not yet been determined. Why? Because they're looking for healing. They're looking for wholeness. They're looking for salvation everywhere else except where they can really get the healing. As my friend said, they have grown to enjoy their infirmity. They have grown to enjoy their depression. They have grown to enjoy their complaints. They have to grown to enjoy their problems. They have grown to enjoy the sympathy that they're getting. Dr. Tucker, who was... Uh, chaplain, the federal pen, he tells a story of how despondent one day he become. And uh, he was depressed. And the longer he stayed in his condition, the more he got used to it. And one day he went to another city. He was walking around feeling sorry for himself, feeling depressed, feeling as in his own words, half dead. And then he looked up as he was walking in that city and he had to blink his eyes twice, not believing what he's seeing. And there is a sign in big letters outside of a funeral parlor. And the letters said, the words said, Why walk around half dead? We bury you for $69.95. <laughs> According to Dr. Tucker, he said that was the best medicine for his soul, as he would testify later. 
There are many people who are walking around half dead by their own choice. Simply because they have surrendered to fate. They have surrendered to apathy. They have surrendered to hopelessness. They have surrendered to their emotions. They have surrendered to the circumstances. And Jesus is gently calling, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made well? Do you want to live above your circumstances? Do you want to have hope and victory in my name? And the God who sees the secrets of our hearts, as he knew the secret of this man's heart, is always ready when you are. Unless and until you are willing. Not saying that you are. When you are willing. Until you mean business. Unless and until you want to be made whole. Jesus is going to keep on asking. Do you? Will you? Not only there are individuals who are living in spiritual infirmity. There are whole churches that are living in spiritual infirmity. For 38 years, this man sat next to the spring of water in the pool of Bethesda, thinking that this is his healing place. And yet he failed to recognize the real healer. There are whole denominations in this country and around the world who have been sitting by the pool of Bethesda, thinking that this is where they're supposed to be. There are hundreds of mainline churches that are pursuing the solution of social science, that are pursuing the solution of pop psychology, that are pursuing the solution of group therapy, that are pursuing the solution of political correctness, they are pursuing the solution of ecological mania, they are pursuing the solution of pleasing the world, they're pursuing the solution of relativism and existentialism, they are pursuing the solution of accommodation to the secular culture. At the same time, They continue to ignore the only one who is the light of the world. Ignore the only one who is the true healer. Ignore the only one who is the true redeemer. Ignore the only one who is the true savior. The only one who can make them whole. That's what's happening in America today. For 38 years, every time this man tried to avail himself to go down to the water where he thought he could be healed or could heal him, Every time he avails himself to this bubbling up stream that's got springs that are coming up from the ground. Every time he avails himself, no success. The more he tried, the more depressed he became. The more he tried, the more frustrated he became. So he just laid there, moping about, complaining. He just sat and he laid there. He got used to his infirmity. He got used to his crutches. I want to ask you something. Be honest with yourself. What are your crutches? Who are you blaming for your problems? I want to pray that in Jesus' name and in the power of his name, that you will throw away the crutches, whoever they may be, whatever they may be, and walk in Jesus' name afresh today. Not only individuals and churches seem to be paralyzed, laying there in total infirmity, But our whole society seemed to be crippled with total paralysis. Today, we have one woman is being raped every 46 seconds. Today, we have one and a half million juvenile court cases every year. Today, we have 12 million new cases a year of sexually transmitted diseases. The U.S. Justice Department said that one out of every three girls and one out of every seven boys will be molested by the time they reach the age of 18. 
And the average molester will molest, on the average, 380 children before he stopped. Like this crippled man for 38 years, we are the society, whether you realize it or not, we are looking for healing in fantasy land. We are looking for cure where there is no cure. Today, the government keeps on promising us that their angel is going to come and stir up the water and make us well. The only water that's disturbing is the murky water that's making us dirty. They keep telling us that we can cure our society by adopting their sex education programs in our schools. They can tell us that we can cure our society by burning a few more trillion dollars on a failed welfare system. They tell us that we can have cure for our society by taking money from those who work hard and give it to those able bodies who refuse to work. Our government tells us that we, at the pool of Bethesda, the cure for our society is found in forcing the mainstream of America to adjust to the maladjusted and to the deviant few. And I want to tell you that the only solution for our infirmity, the only solution for our paralysis, the only solution for our crippled society is the word of the Lord Jesus Christ recorded in the Scripture. The word of God replaces deception with the truth. It replaces hopelessness with enduring hope. It replaces torment with the peace that passes understanding. The Word of God replaces dread and fear into joy unspeakable. The Word of God replaces captivity into the freedom of the Son of God. Only the Word of God gives life and will bring us out of the abyss of hell which we seem to be heading to into the presence of Almighty God. Are you going to heaven? Not without Jesus, you're not. Proverbs 3, 8 said, My son, forget not the law, the word of God. Why? For it brings healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Prophesying of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, Psalm 107, verse 22 says, The Lord sent his word and healed them. But like the crippled man at the pool of Bethesda, the mainline church and the media elite have conspired together and they want to provide us with a Christless Christianity. Read my lips. There is no such thing. Dr. Carl Menninger, prominent psychiatrist, a man whom I've respected for many years, he said, modern society is trying to figure out the problems and they talk about morality without ever mentioning the word sin. He put his finger on it. Yet our only hope is the confession of our sins. Our only hope is repentant of our sins. Our only hope is returning to the God of our founding fathers. Our only hope is by humbling ourselves before God. But like this man at the pool of Bethesda, who have been diseased in the body, has been defiled in the soul, has been dead in his spirit, unless we repent, the scripture said, we all likewise shall perish. I'll get back to my sermon now. (laughs) Those of you who have heard me here long enough know that I teach what the Bible teaches. That not every disease is connected to personal sin. Not every disease that is connected to personal sin. All diseases are the result of the fall and sin of Adam and Eve. That's true. Some are, some are not. 
as we're going to see in this series. It is cruel to teach that all diseases are connected as a result of personal sin. In the case of this man, I want you to look at verse 14. You will notice clearly that his disease was connected to sin. When we come to the blind man, you're going to see that it wasn't. Verse 14. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See your well. Sin no more, that nothing worse befall you. Clearly, in this man's case, sin was brought about his infirmity. And I want you to notice something important here. Not only in this passage, but in other passages, including the time when a woman was caught in adultery. When Jesus forgave sins, he told the sinner, go sin no more. I don't understand where this crazy idea that is dished out to the folks in the liberal church. That a person can be a very good Christian and a practicing homosexual. That a person can be a very good Christian and living in sin. That a person can be a very good Christian and yet have no regard for the moral standards of God. This is a total disregard to Jesus' own words. It is total disregard to what Jesus came to from heaven for. It is total disregard for the very heart and the essence of the Christian gospel. In fact, the Apostle Paul tells us, listen carefully please, mark it in your Bible. He tells us in Romans chapter 6 verse 14, that one of the indications that you are a child of God is that sin should not have dominance over you. Not perfection. Don't misunderstand me. There's a difference between slipping and sin having dominance over your life. 2 Corinthians 2.14, the Apostle Paul said, Thanks be to God who's always doing what? He's always leading us in a parade of procession of victory. He's always leading us into a parade of procession of triumph. Romans 8.37 tells us that in all these things we're more than conquerors through Him who loves us. Listen carefully. I don't have long to go. Our victory over sin, my victory over sin, your victory over sin, is Jesus' victory over sin. Think about it. Think about it. Whatever the temptation might be, when you receive His power, accomplish victory, Jesus receives a victory. And yet today, the average Mac church, yeah, you hear me right, Mac church, is like the pool of Bethesda. You go in, and they will serve you a feel-good filet from Philippians. They will serve you light Christianity, one-third less guilt. There's more hype than holiness, and the Bible said without holiness, no one will see God. The message of the Word of God for us today is this. In this third sign, in this third miracle according to John. Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to have victory? If you're spiritually weak, if your life is in shambles, if you're financially strapped, if your marriage is in disarray, if you are living in spiritual infirmity, if your family is scattered like a debris in a hurricane... Listen carefully. There are no cures at the pool of Bethesda. There's only one cure, and that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Bethesda will never do 
The only thing that will bring you a cure is the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus is asking today this question. Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? Do you? Deep down, do you want to be made whole? You see, you have to want to, to be made whole. But I know if you are a Christian like me, and the more you are committed to the Lord Jesus Christ, listen carefully, the more Satan is going to leave you alone. <laughs> but when Satan comes to you and he whispers in your ears and he said, it's over, go ahead, fold your tent and go home. I want you to look him in the socket and say, the word of God said, thanks be to God who continually give us victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. When Satan comes to you and he whispers to you and he said, you are financially ruined. If you've been a faithful steward, you can look him in the socket because he doesn't have much of an eye. You can say to him, God says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. That my God owns the cattle on a thousand hill. That the word of God said, beloved, I wish that in all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. If Satan comes and whispers in your ear and he said, listen, you have sinned too deeply for God to forgive you. You have carrying a burden of sin. I don't care if you're living a homosexual life, adulterous life, if you're an embezzler, if you're a liar, if you're a thief, if you're a murderer, the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse you from all sins. The promise of God said that if we confess, and the accent is on confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He'll wash you as white as snow. If you want to get up and walk today, from whatever infirmity that's holding you back. You must focus on the promises of God. Read the promises of God. Listen to the promises of God. You know, it's amazing. Every time I look at something like this in depth, it's amazing how the Lord Jesus Christ never does anything half-hearted. He, he never does anything halfway or half-measure. In the case of this man, he doesn't only give him double blessing. He doesn't only give him double cure. He gives him triple cure. He healed the spirit. He healed the soul and he healed the body. As I stand in the presence of God, I want to challenge you. I really want you to think very deeply. Because I believe the Lord wants us to be made whole because he wants to do some great things in this church. And he's not going to do it in the midst of self-centered, worried Fearful Christian. He wants to make us whole for one purpose. So that his name be glorified. That the entire community that knows that Jesus is alive. And that he's on the right hand side of the Father. Those words in William Sleeper's song. Out of my bondage, sorrow and night. Jesus I come, Jesus I come. Listen carefully. Out of my sickness, into your health. Out of my want into your wealth, out of my sin, into thyself. Jesus, I come to thee. And as we come and put our whole trust in him, as he asks us today, do you? Let the answer be yes, Lord. Father God, we are a privileged people. Forgive us the many times we have taken our privilege for granted. Father, we are the children of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Father, forgive us for looking down and forgetting that. 
and getting mugged down in the mud of this world. Father, I lift up to you, together with the brothers and sisters in Christ, we lift our hearts to you today, Lord Jesus. Hearing your voice, do you want to be made whole? And our answer, yes, Lord Jesus. Father God, we pray that you might free us to witness to the kingdom, to witness for the gospel, that we will not be ashamed of you because we know you will not be ashamed of us. Bring healing upon your servants. You know the secrets of the hearts. And we thank you that you are the one who does because you're the only one who can bring healing and wholeness to the infirmity. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Dr. Michael Youssef, recently featured on Leading the Way. If you'd like to know more about us, please visit ltw.org. That's ltw.org.